hello, hello, and welcome to Wake Up and Grow. I did not mean to rhyme. Um, I'm Natalie Benninger, your host, and today's podcast is titled The Devil's Battleground, or if you prefer, The Devil's Battlefield, doesn't matter. Um, the tea of the day is a new one that I'm eager to try. I just bought it earlier today and have yet to try it, but I love the name. Uh, it's Oolong Tea. And the first verse I would like to read to you is 2 Corinthians 10.4, which says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. And secondly, I'd like to read Colossians 3, verse 2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. I think I'll go ahead and read verse 3. For you have died... And your life is hidden with Christ in God. So I'd kind of like to start this episode off with a quick question. How powerful do you think the mind is? In our everyday lives and decisions, how much sway or influence do you think our mind or thought pattern holds? Quite a bit more than you think. We hear the phrase mind over matter and it's true to some extent obviously there are limitations because we're human but if i don't want to work out today then i won't i'll convince myself that i can skip working out today and be okay another example of this is one of my dentist appointments um, which is just like their routine checkup and cleaning Uh, you know the drill Uh In my opinion, the dentist was being a little rough while she was cleaning out my mouth. And so my solution to keep from (laughs) crying in front of a stranger who had her hands in my mouth and to avoid biting down on her in pain (laughs) uh, was to start counting the ridges or the holes in uh, the foam paneled ceiling. And that worked for a little bit until the hooked instrument that she uses to run across your teeth at I don't know why, I don't know what purpose that serves. Any dentist can uh, tell me that'd be great. But it worked until that instrument slipped off of my tooth and caught my gums. At that point my focus and attention was back on the pain. But what I'm trying to say is that our mind and our thoughts have a heavy impact on our well-being, not just physically or emotionally, but spiritually too. Now, if you've known me for any amount of time, you will know that I love science, I love psychology. Um, I actually considered being a psychologist for a little bit, but I changed my major. So I'm going to try my best to restrain myself from using too many psychological terms in this episode, just so I don't lose everyone in the midst of my speaking. But I do think that some of them um, are helpful to us in order to understand how our mind affects our spirituality. I believe that the human mind is where Satan wages war the most. This is where he brings his weapons of anxiety, fear, worry, depression, delusions, and obsessiveness to 
claim his battleground or his battlefield. Now, I'd like to make something very clear. Those things that I just mentioned, uh, depression, anxiety, fear, worry, delusions, and obsessiveness, which are commonalities among mental health issues, are not of God. God doesn't give us those things. And they're not a product of him. They're weapons of the devil designed to try and cause you to stumble and fall in your walk with God. So why is our mind so vulnerable to Satan's attacks? And why do we experience the pain of these weapons so easily? Well, I have a couple points um, within my podcast here in today's episode that I think explain that a little bit. The first one is that what we believe is heavily influenced by what is in our head and what we're taught. Now, as Christians, our belief shouldn't solely rely on what's in our heads. Our belief in God and the sacrificial love of Jesus is something that we are to believe in heart, mind, and soul. Um, But sometimes, and I'm very guilty of this being someone who thinks along the lines of logic more often than I do along the lines of emotion, but sometimes we allow our mind to overpower our faith. And there's a psychological phenomenon that I think kind of describes this pretty well. And it's called the self-fulfilling prophecy. In layman's terms, the self-fulfilling prophecy is essentially when you believe something will happen, so much so, that you subconsciously, without really noticing, without really noticing it, you take actions and steps to ensure that whatever it is that you're believing will happen, happens. And I think this is something that Satan uses to his advantage. He'll whisper lies to us about ourselves, others, and God until we start to believe them as truth. For example, um, if I believe that I am dumb or stupid, I won't try my best in school. And therefore, I won't try to learn in a classroom setting and I'll eventually fail the class. Fully believing that I am dumb or stupid, even though I am not. The lies that Satan plants in the battlefield of our mind can have effect on our lives if we allow them to. If we allow ourselves to believe those lies. And I kind of went through my Bible and selected some verses that talked about truth. And the first one is Psalm 119 verses 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This word, God's word, is not only a love letter to his children, but it is also a light showing truth in the lies, which is darkness, guiding us in the way that we should go. And the second uh, passage is John 8, verses 31 through 32, which say, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
the last passage on this um, point is John 14, verse 6, which says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. What I really want you to understand is while Satan gives you lies, God will always give you truth. He will never lie to you. He will never make a false promise to you and then suddenly at some point in time change his mind. That's not how God operates. That's not how love operates, which is God. And so just remember that Satan will try to get you to get you to believe lies and that we need to be on guard and aware of when those are being planted in our minds so that we can refute them with the truth that God gives us in his word. My second point is that our actions and thoughts are interconnected. They play off of one another. If you don't want to physically do something, then you won't. Your body doesn't move without the will of your mind. Our thoughts stem from our hearts, and those thoughts then guide our actions. For example, if I'm angry at my brother or sister, then I'm more than likely going to let the memory of whatever they did or didn't do roll around in my head, only fueling my anger, and then this anger will turn into action. Um, looking back on your life, if you're noticing that your actions are ill-intentioned, undesirable in the eyes of God, then maybe you should reflect on your thought patterns that happened before those acts, and maybe what you're thinking of as well. My third point, and I think this is the biggest contributor, is where our focus slash obsession um, lies is what or whom we will follow. Those of you who are drivers will understand that whatever your eyes are focused on is where you will end up going. If your eyes are directly ahead of you, you're going to go straight, unless you're bumped or something like that. But generally, what you focus on is the direction you will be going in. And the same is for spiritual life. And that is why it is so important for us to keep our focus trained on God and what he wants for us in this life and the things that his word guides us to focus on. And I'd like to read um, the passage I read at the beginning, Colossians 3, 2, again, because I think this applies very well, and it kind of gets to the point. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. When I was younger, I don't know, around 10, 11, 12-ish, um, I would have frequent and vividly detailed nightmares. And often what caused me the most anxiety was when, after I'd woken up, 
I would obsessively think about them and then get myself more worked up and just relive them again and again and again in my head. However, when, when I got older and had grown a lot in my relationship with God, whenever I would have those nightmares, once I woke up, I would still be bothered, but instead of reliving them in my head, if I turned them over to God immediately and started praying, my anxiety level would begin to lower. And really, my focus wasn't on how God could save me from those nightmares, but my focus before was on how bad those nightmares were. And once I changed my focus, I was able to find relief. My next point and the previous point are kind of intertwined, but I wanted to talk about this one specifically as well. And it is, what we fill our minds with will eventually spill out. And again, it is tied with our focus and what we choose to focus on. The phrase, what comes in, comes out, is terrifyingly true. Just like a food diet, if I'm eating nothing but junk food and sugar and <laughs> drinking nothing but soda, my health is gonna plummet. Versus if I have a balanced diet of healthy foods, my health will increase. Same with our minds. If I fill my mind with things such as violence, sex, greed, self-hate, self-idolization, then I will find myself living out those thoughts in my life. I will begin pursuing those things and people are gonna see it. I'll be pushing myself away from God. If you're finding that your focus is on things other than God and his will for you, you can change that. You don't have to be stuck in the place that you're in right now. And I think that's something that keeps us from growing closer to God is that we feel stuck. But let me reassure you, you're not. You can change. It's going to be difficult on your own. And so that's why one of the first steps we need to do is ask God for help. Because he can and he will. And it's going to take an intentional act on your part, and it's not going to be easy because you're trying to overcome a habit. And habits are formed within roughly 30 days, about a month, but they take almost twice as long, sometimes longer depending on how deep you are in a habit, to break. And it's going to be painful because Satan is going to fight back. He will send friends or colleagues to peer pressure you back into your old life and your old ways. He will bring up cravings within you for the things that you're trying to run away from. And he will try to convince you that the work you're doing won't be worth it in the end. That you're never going to make it to where you need to be. You're not going to overcome this. You're too weak. You're too, in, you're too deep into this habit or whatever it is to really overcome it. You will also shine an artificial light on the things you're leaving, 
trying to make them look better than the things God has in store for you. But if you intentionally place your focus on God by reading his word, being in conversation with him in prayer, surrounding yourself with the people who want God's will for you in your life, and constantly resisting the devil as he tries to win you back, then you can change your focus and turn your mind from the things of this earth and the sin that it's filled with to the things of God. No one is above this war that the devil wages in our minds. He is going to engage you in war. So you need to arm yourself. Arm yourself with truth. Salvation. Righteousness. The spirit, which is God's word and his presence. Faith and peace. And remember, when you walk into this battle, God is on your side, and he will never leave you during this war or battle against the devil. Satan is going to declare war on your mind. If he hasn't already, be prepared. And if you are in this war right now, you can chase him away with his tail between his legs by fixing your mind on God. And it's going to be hard, and I understand, but it's worth it. Losing this battle in your mind is not an option. And so I implore that you take a stance and turn your mind from the things that Satan is implanting in it and turn your mind to what God has for you. And again, I'm going to read Colossians 3 too because I think it's very important. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Grow and just remind you that Wake Up and Grow is a bi-weekly podcast that produces every other Monday and I encourage you to go give Wake Up and Grow a, a follow on Instagram at wugpod that's w-u-g-p-o-d and go find Wake Up and Grow on Facebook. Again, I'm Natalie Bittinger and this has been Wake Up and Grow.